Hello and welcome to Endurance Minded, the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder at TEC, and on this episode, I'm talking with Rich Ryan. Uh, Rich is uh, is the founder of Reinforced Running. Uh, he's been coaching endurance athletes for uh, for over a decade. He's also the founder of the Obst- Obstacle Racing Collaboration, and he's a member of the Spartan Pro Team. Uh, Rich's uh, depth and background in endurance sports, both as an athlete and a coach, uh, goes very far back. And the things that we ended up realizing we had in common during this conversation um, was was very exciting for me. And I, I really can't tell you um, how much I enjoyed connecting with Rich and and um, and listening to his insight um, in some of these topics that that I think are massively important and ultimately are you know the reasons that uh, that this podcast exists um, and it was great to be able to bounce ideas off of him and, and for us to trade um, knowledge experiences information in hopes of um, of providing more clarity for um, for athletes uh, that are that are listening so a few of the things that we touch on, is just this intentionality of training. And this is something that we touched on uh, in previous podcast episodes, but um, that there's value in being intentional. There's value in uh, defining your athletic identity uh, outside of fitness or outside of uh, outcome-based goals. And and Rich really uh, leans into that, and, and we were able to expand on that conversation in a way that I think um, – uh, turned out to be uh, to be really insightful for me and and, and ultimately very valuable for those uh, that are going to listen. Um, and we kind of arrive at you know that intentionality um, and the being intentional in your training leads to confidence, and then that confidence will serve you uh, in other areas of your life. So really a really um, dynamic and nuanced connection that we were able to make um, during our conversation. Um, we also um, talk about motivation. Uh, and the fact that motivation is is fleeting inherently, um, and that if we chase motivation, that that really could set us up for um, for disappointment, and, and that we need to be rooted um, in things uh, over and above this this idea of motivation, and, and that the language we're using to talk about our pursuits as athletes. Um, might very well be broken um, and that we need to think about these things in a way that provides us more clarity uh, and, and roots and grounds us in things that are not uh, inherently by definition and by nature fleeting. Um, we touch on tools and data, um, how those things can be used to provide uh, peace of mind, but, but also how we um, should layer them into our practices uh, such that we don't lose sight of that intentionality and we don't lose sight of why we're engaged in the sports that we're, uh, that we're passionate about. Um, and then we round things out by talking about understanding training stress and understanding that stress is what our body recognizes, not time, not duration, um, not you know power numbers. And that, that that awareness is really what we want to strive to understand um, in order to provide our body the appropriate uh, amount of stress to, um, to, to force adaptation. So massively um, 
uh, jam-packed uh, conversation. Uh, there's lots and lots of great uh, things in this com- in this chat with Rich. So um, thanks as always for joining. Uh, if you're an obstacle course racer and you're looking for strength training, uh, that's something that Rich does. We're going to be putting um, uh, information about that in the show notes as well as uh, an exclusive discount code. Um, as always, thomasendurancecoaching.com for anything that we talk about on the podcast, check out our blog, uh, check out our YouTube channel, Instagram, um, tons and tons of resources because that's what we want to do. We're here to provide the knowledge, tools, and relationships needed for athletes to be successful. Thanks as always for joining and we'll see you next time. Rich, how's it going, man? Taylor, dude, what's going on? Thanks for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Um, so I want to, you got a, uh, a rich background, uh, as an athlete, you've been a coach for a long time. Um, and, uh, so I'm excited to chat cause I think we got, um, a lot of different kind of, uh, angles we can, we can go at this, but one of the things that I want to kind of kick things off with is, uh, is an extenuation of a chat that we had, um, kind of offline, which was kind of the intrinsic value of being an athlete. Um, last time you and I connected, we, we were talking about just kind of, you know, why it's important to be an athlete, why we think as coaches, it's important to, to be an athlete kind of regardless of, you know, external circumstances and, you know, races or events or, you know, what we kind of achieve from a fitness perspective. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I, I just curious. We, we never got a chance to kind of finish that conversation. So I wanted to, um, because it's something I'm super passionate about. I wanted to get your thoughts on like just that, yeah, that, that kind of, you know, uh, value of being an athlete for, uh, for the sake of being an athlete. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is something that's been on top of mind, especially, I mean, to be cliche, I mean, COVID has obviously made us kind of adjust and change what our specific goals are going to be, especially without races, right? Like pretty much any athlete can go in and be like, Oh, I want to run as fast as I can or come up with some sort of time or place. And those things are pretty much equal across any athlete, right? Like if you get third and another person gets fourth, like the, the goals are quantifiable and, and touchable. But then when these races are removed, it changes things. And we kind of, and we need to, I've really put a lot of thought into what it is that would make an athlete strive to continue to train and to continue to push themselves forward. And, you know, the conversation that we had off, off air here, it was a lot about creating space for yourself and giving it and dedicating time to you so that you can continue to better yourself, even if there is no quantifiable place behind it. And this is different because an athlete, instead of like, oh, I got third place or fourth place, now they kind of have to search. You got to have to do a little bit of digging, right? It's not just right there. It's not like, oh, I want to get on the podium. It's like, well, I want to train because uh, I want to be a better role model for my family or something like that. And now these reasons are different for all types of people. And, you know, we obviously are in the same field and, and coaching and touching with individuals. How have you found it been with your athletes or for yourself for that matter, in terms of like trying to, people say stay motivated. So like, we'll just use that terminology. Like, how do you, like, how have you found people who are staying motivated through this time? 
Yeah. Um, man, you know, it's, it, you touched on a lot of good things. One of the things, you know, that I've, um, that I think is so important in, and is kind of my, um, uh, like a little bit of my, you know, war path, I guess, as it relates to what we're talking about is, is that, you know, that, that self care and, and you, you said, you know, you touched on it, like that, that kind of commitment to ourselves. um, what does that mean when things get challenging or what does that look like when things get challenging? Um, and so often the first thing that kind of gets kicked out is, is that commitment to ourselves, right? So in challenging times and in busy life, when we have lots of responsibilities, we, we let that go. And so, you know, first and foremost, I think that that has to remain like a constant touch point. I'm such a strong believer in, I mean, just like we let off with like just that intrinsic value of being an athlete because it adds value um, to our lives and helps to set the stage for, for anything else that we do, right? Decisions we make about our relationships, our work or or whatever it is. Um, But from a motivation perspective, you know, I, and I'll be interested to get your kind of thoughts on this because I, (laughs) I, I've, I've, I've gone around and around in my, in my career as an athlete and and coach, which has been more or less my entire life uh, in some capacity. And I, you know, I, I don't know that you're right. We do use that like phrase or that, you know, motivation, like how do we keep our motivation, how we find our motivation. And I don't know, like is, is motivation. um, I don't know that that's necessarily what we're searching for. Like, you know, meaning like, I don't know that it's realistic to think that we can wake up every day feeling super motivated. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think we have to, I think we have to maybe, uh, you know, and I could be wrong about this, but in my experience, like me personally, when I wake up in the morning, I'm not looking for, for some big spark of motivation. I'm, I'm looking to lean into things that I know provide value to my life. And that's what is, that's what is motivating, right? That's what keeps me, you know, maintains my athletic identity. It's, it's, it's not that I'm like fired up every day. Right. I mean, you, you, I don't think, right. You probably know. I mean, everybody, right. Like you're tired and you're, you know, you got a lot on your plate and you're trying to manage and you're like, Oh, geez, this is, you know, this is a lot, but you do it because it, because it matters. Right. And, and there's like an intrinsic quality to that, um, that it's just important. And that's, that's why you do it. And I, I don't know, like, what are your, I mean, again, I've rolled that around and around. We do want, you know, every day can't be an uphill battle. We certainly need some, you know, internal motivators. And then there's an external component as well with, you know, kind of outward facing goals, um, be that from races or peers or PRs or things like that. But, you know, I think this idea of like, that you're going to just like be inspired and that's, you know, and if you're not, that it's going poorly, I I feel like maybe that's not what we should be or we're setting ourselves up for failure i don't know what what are your i don't know am i wrong about that yeah i'd like to talk about motivation a little bit because it seems like again it's not very tangible to me like when i'm sitting here and you were talking about you know getting waking up and leading into leaning into the things that are going to provide value i mean that's an 
awesome way. And that is like tangible, right? It's like, it makes it more black or white, but like motivation, it seems like the literature around motivation is that it is actually fleeting, right? Like you can't rely on motivation to help you stick to a diet or to help you stick to a training plan because like, depending on external factors, like it's going to reduce as the day goes on or as the more decisions you have to make, it's just not something that's there. When I think about motivation, I don't even know what that feels like to me. Like, I don't know if it's a spark of, uh, you know, some sort of like a muse comes down or like, it just drives me forward. Or if it is like, I just do lean in a little bit easier. My focus is better. What, like, what is your take on that? Like when an athlete says that to you, like, cause I struggle a little bit when, talking to athletes and it's a conversation I'm having a lot now, right? Because be like, Oh, I don't know. Races are canceled. I'm, I'm not motivated. And like trying to separate those things out in, in terms of like leaning into something or how it feels to be motivated. What does it feel like for you to be motivated? Do you, um, I, I, don't, I like don't even yeah, know. What I, I know. I, like. I, I, it's so fun and not funny. It's so interesting to hear you say that. Cause I, I mean, you put a finer point on it uh, in a good way than, than I was able to, I, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, and this is really the interesting piece. And I think, you know, honestly, I think a, a potential, like there's, it's a disconnect in terms of you have a I'll lump the two of us together. Cause I know we have, you know, mm-hmm. similar kind of deep athletic histories. And so it's, it's something that we've always done, right. right. It's just like part of, of what you do and you go about, you know, and it's just like, it's a cornerstone and, and you can't even really imagine what it, you know, is like to not do that thing, you know, most days of the week or, or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, motivation is, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. I don't know that motivation is what I am, am trying to find, you know, personally. Um, and so, but I think you bring up a good point is like that it is important and it's dramatically different for different athletes, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what I'm trying to, to work on or, or, or help individuals find in the conversations I'm having is, okay, uh, it's not important what, what gets me out of bed. What's your, you know, what's that for you? What's your why? Or, you know, I like to talk about things through the lens of like athletic identity, right? I think that's kind of like a fundamental foundational piece. Like you have to kind of be firm in that identity and make sure that that identity is linked to things that aren't fleeting. So to your point, like motivation or like we've seen races, you know, outcome-based goals. If your identity is solid and it's just like a part of you, that that then becomes your motivator. You know, I don't know. Does that make sense? That's kind of a round and around like cyclical thing. But I but I think like for me, that's what it is. Like and then like I described me, and I think for you too is is just that's just how it is, right? Like you're an right. athlete, <laughs> right? And you're gonna and it doesn't even really, yeah. You know, are there days you're you're stoked and you're fired up and you're got a you know and you're got a fire under your ass and you're really going? Sure, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we all have, but like you know, on a Wednesday morning when, you know, you worked late, like, is that, are, are you motivated? Probably not. Right. <laughs> um, but that maybe isn't what we should be chasing. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of like, there's lots of layers here. I think we want to, um, yeah. What are you like, what's your, um, 
Yeah. Like when you're talking to an athlete, like, and they're, you know, like it, I think even like COVID aside, right. Like I, mm-hmm. that's a hard, it's a hard thing for people to continue to, to, to find that identity or, uh, you know, I almost like don't even want to use the word motivation. Cause I think we're trying to like separate that, which I think is good, but yeah. Like what's that, what's that look like in those conversations for you? Like, how are you helping people navigate those dips, you know, those like lulls that everybody has in a way that they don't just give up, right. Or stop identifying as an athlete. Cause that's the real, that's the real like option, right. Is they're like, well, I don't want to, and I'm done. (laughs) Right. And that's where I like, that's where I have a, I believe that there's value in being athletic, you know, or being an athlete. And so that's what I don't want people to do. It's like, Oh, I'm over it. I'm like, no, no, no. Like this, this has value over and above just fitness. Yeah. What, I, what, how are you doing that? Yeah. I do want to circle back to the athletic identity part. I think that that's an interesting conversation and I'm not and I would love to get some like tangible, uh, like, um, what's the word examples from you about what that looks like when you're having those conversations. But I'll, I'll answer your question first about like the conversations that I'm having and kind of the process in which I'm taking through athletes now, especially with the lack of races is trying to, you mentioned the why, right? And like, that is also pretty cliche. It's like, what is your why? Right. And a lot of times it, when people are, thinking about that, it will oftentimes boil down to, oh, I want to, you know, be like, find out what I'm truly capable of. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything possibly that I can to maximize my time here as an athlete. And those are great, but those can also, like that oftentimes is quantified through, not just through effort, which it, it could be, but also through race results, right? And then when it's singularly about you as an athlete, it again is easy to drop when things get stressful and in that stress state, you're like kind of seeking something that is going to make you feel safe. And right now it's a very stress inducing time. So it might not feel as safe for athletes to kind of branch out and try to push beyond what they're capable of doing, what they've done previously in the past. So that's kind of, to me, that's why people end up dropping this because they're, they're seeking safety and to push beyond what they've been doing. That's inherently not that safe. That is the opposite, right? Yeah, like pushing into right. A, a new field. So I think that's how this, this time of like that we're in is, is pulling people out of, of the racing or out of the training. So to try to combat that, the conversation I'm having is trying to link this why that they have to something outside of themselves, right? And if they can figure out a reason that is beyond just them, it's much harder to to give up on. And a lot of times those conversations do end up kind of bringing it back to like, I'll just use myself for an example on this. Cause this is, again, this is work that I've been, been thinking about. And now I'm talking to the athletes that I coach as well. And, but I'll just use mine because I, I am also trying to practice this. So for me, I, I train hard. And when people used to ask me, it's like, okay, like, how are you doing this? How are you motivated? Again, they use that. How are you motivated all the time? And for a while it's like, oh, well, it's just what I do. I just enjoy doing it. Like it makes my life better. I like it, but, but really it is in turn to help facilitate growth for me as a coach. Like the more I can get out there and and experiment and, and, and feel what the training is like, and then bring it back to my athletes or, or really kind of 
And when I'm out training, I'm, I think about training, right? I think about what's happening. I think about the adaptation. I think about how this could work for athletes who I coach. And so I think it makes me a better coach. Training in general makes me a better coach. So that's, that's one reason. But again, that's still for me. But if I'm a better coach, my financial success is tied to that as well. I mean, this is what we do. It's, it's all I do. So therefore, if my financial success will make me a better provider and a better partner for um, my fiance and for like the family that I, I aspire to have down the road. Right. So right there, it's like, okay, on days where I don't feel like doing it, if, if those days happen, or for me, that kind of pops up more in, in a harder effort that I need to focus on or lean into a harder effort and kind of keep in mind why I'm out there doing it. Like those type of things where if you're able to connect it to something greater than yourself, it's much harder to give up on. It's much harder to be like, oh, I'm just not motivated. It's like, you're not motivated to be a better partner. Like, why do you need motivation for that? Like, that's not something that I need to kick in the kick in the butt to do, you know? So that those are a lot of the conversations I have. So first it is trying to identify that why and just kind of drilling into people like, okay, like, well, why do you want to get faster? Like, why do you want to maximize your potential? It's like, okay, how could that help you and other aspects of your life and help the people around you to have this type of athletic goal? And then oftentimes, because these sometimes athletic goals, they can feel selfish, right? Like you're taking time out of your day. You're taking time to be away from your loved ones to, to chase this goal that's arbitrary or a time. And that can feel selfish. But if you're tying it to someone else and, and you can honestly say that you're doing it for that reason and it, that it will benefit other people around you, it's just a much easier way to get through instead of like being like, Oh, well I want to get on the podium, but the race isn't until July. Like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not feeling it today. So, um, that's kind of the conversation that I'm having. Are you, are you finding that you're having similar type conversations with, with your people? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think, um, I mean, you nailed it for sure. And there's, you brought up a lot of good points. One is that, um, I, I think we do have to like quantify and then I guess even like qualify that, that why, you know, so I'll back up. I think I, I, I'm a firm believer and, you know, every athlete that we talk to with our coaching group, we, we lead the conversation with, um, you know, m more, um, uh, you know, more process based. Uh, approach because I think that you know if, if you say, I think I think it's valuable kind of from the start and and then and then at multiple touch points along the athlete's kind of journey I think it's va I think it's valuable to say um, you know what are your expectations what what do you want to accomplish and then I think if the answer to that is like um, I want to get on a podium I, I think that's a cop out right like that's not what else? Right. You gotta, that's not it. Right. Maybe that's part of it. That's a benchmark. That's a touch point. Be nice. Absolutely. Like, right. Yeah. Like let's get fast for sure. Right. Let's get, let's build fitness a hundred percent. You know, that let's as best we can, given the circumstances that, you know, uh, all the scenarios and things let's, let's move in that direction. But what else? Right. Like what, and, and then to your point, why, because, because that's not going to carry you through, you know, that, that answer, you know, it, it singularly is not going to be the thing that carries you through an entire season, right? Like you said, you know, 
it's winter time and you're staring down the barrel of, you know, something you want to do in July, August, September, whatever of, of the following year, you better, you better dig deeper, right? You got to have a better uh, answer than that, because I guarantee you that that podium spot is not going to be the thing that, that gets you moving, you know, three, four five days a week, however much you need to train. Um, so I think that, 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 I think you're dead on. And I, I agree a hundred percent. Like I think working to your question, like the conversations that I want to have are working to identify and uncover why that thing matters at like a very kind of base level, right? Like it already, do you want to be, um, you know, healthier so that you can, you know, uh, spend more time being active with your kids or, you know, expose your kids to riding or running or swimming, you know, whatever this thing is that you care about. Um, do you want to have, you know, more kind of quality days, right? Do you want to be a better partner? Do you, um, and, you know, I, I think like, I a hundred percent identify with, with kind of the angle that you approached it from was like, I see it as just like this kind of fundamental, like deep seated purpose, <laughs> you know, like that. Yeah. Like, you know, do I like to be fit? Sure. Because, you know, fitness affords you the opportunity to do things you otherwise wouldn't have been able to do. It's right? definitely better to be fit than to not be fit. <laughs> yeah. And I think it opens up experiences, right? If, if you want to have experiences that are, you know, physical, it's, it helps to be fit, right? If you want to go, you know, go on vacation and, you know, summit a mountain with, you know, go on a big hike with your family. I mean, it doesn't have to be like a race. It doesn't have to be some like, you know, world-class thing. I just think there's opportunities afforded to people that are able to move their bodies in ways that are, you know, and they're comfortable in that, in, in those bodies. Um, and, you know, so for me, it's just about like, yeah, it's fitness good. Absolutely. But more about like, you know, being, uh, being a better, you know, husband and, you know, being a better, uh, you know, being better, uh, leader for, uh, the people that rely on me and my team. And, you know, that it, like, it, it sets the stage and it sets my mindset. Um, cause, cause that's a, that's, that's a productive thing, right? Like you do that and, and I've talked about it before on this podcast is like, there's, there's value in, um, in the intentionality of exercise, right? Like if you're intentional about setting aside a time for yourself and doing and exercising, you're going to be intentional about other things, right? Mm. You're going to be intentional about the time that you spend, uh, with your partner or your family or the, or your friends or people you're close to. You're going to be intentional about the decisions that you make, in your career, you know? So I think I, I truly believe it's like, it's a, it's, it can be a cornerstone. And if you're an intentional about that, it only stands a reason you're going to be intentional about other decisions that you make that are going to impact your life dramatically. Um, and so that's where it comes back to like athletic identity, right? Like you're doing it because the act of being intentional about being an athlete uh, has cascading impacts in the rest of your life, potentially, I, I think, um, o over time. I'm not saying that like, you know, you wake up tomorrow, you do a training session and you like, you know, get a raise or something. <laughs> um, but I think it does lead, you know, positive affirmation, right. It leads to, to something else. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. Am I, I mean, that's very like existential. I realize. like I, I get way, um, uh, I can get way, I think like you, like, you know, you spend all your time thinking about this stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Is that, I mean, do you, do you feel like that's way off base? Like, have you experienced that kind of intentionality? Like if for you, does that seem like a realistic kind of link or do you feel like it's, it's simpler than that or more complex or what? No, absolutely. Like the way that you framed it in terms of intentionality, I, in my head or when I've, when I've thought about this or spoken about this, I usually can like connect it to confidence. It's like the same thing. Like if you are intentional about your training, it would give you the confidence and and you can see the byproduct of like being intentional and and following something and how, and the results that it brings, like it'll give you confidence to put toward that effort or intentionality, like how you've been saying, which is a great way to put it toward other things. And I always thought about this as kind of like the, like the hidden benefit that is like the real thing that I'm supplying, I guess, like the, the service that I provide as a coach is that byproduct of giving people the confidence from that they'll get in other aspects of life after they put their intentions into training specifically towards something. And it's like, it's a conversation I want to have. And I want to like, kind of put it on my website or like write it in my copy. It's like, listen, if you dedicate yourself to this, you are going to be awesome in everything. <laughs> but like, and I do yeah. believe that's true. And I think it can be a pretty like small amount of time that you can feel that confidence from sticking to something or being intentional towards something. Even if you're not running a 10 minute PR in two weeks, you may feel that confidence beaming from you because of the commitment that you've made to yourself and the commitment they made yourself in terms of being intentional, the self-care, putting, putting aside time for yourself and setting goals that are for you and for the people around you. Like those are the aspects of coaching of investing in coaching that you, that are like hidden, you know, and they are things that I hope would always be present with the athletes I coach, having them come out, better on the other side of no matter what they're approaching. So no, I think that that it's definitely a piece that I completely agree with you on. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, I, yeah, the, the, I love that. Like, um, that confidence is a byproduct of intentionality. Like I think that's, yeah, that should be like both of our taglines. Yeah. Right. Like that's so good. And I, and I, I I'm with you. Like I, I'm very vocal and I, you know, I tell us the athletes we work with, I tell us to, you know, the, the team that, that, that I work with, I'm like coaching, uh, being a coach, um, the, 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 you know, the art and science of coaching is not about writing good training. Not, it's not about writing good workouts. That's, that's, that's a byproduct of understanding an athlete in meeting that athlete where they're at. And then you back yourself into what workout matters, right? Like we know, you know, specificity and, you know, the physiological and adaptation period is, right. We got that. Like, you know, it's science it's proven. Yeah. And like, right? like, yeah, right. Like it, we, we're all very talented and very skilled coaches and we got that. Let's, but that doesn't mean that you can just slap that on an athlete. And the reason I say that is because I think you nailed it. Like, you know, that, that relationship piece, from a coaching perspective is what provides that confidence, right? Being able to understand 
have these conversations with athletes, help them identify their value, uh, their athletic identity. And then once you kind of uncover these very foundational things, yeah, okay, then we'll like, then let's get to writing workouts, right? Here's your training plan. But, but we got to make sure that these things are, are, are kind of ironed out because, because it doesn't do anyone any good to be boom and bust, right? It doesn't do anyone any good to, to train for 12 weeks and then never look at it again. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to like poo poo on, you know, people that set goals and you know, they, they execute on that goal and they move on. But again, for me, I just think there's value in being a lifetime athlete. So my goal is to help people to experience what that can look and feel like. And I think that starts with that intentionality to your point that leads to confidence that trickles down into every other aspect of your life. Like you said, like, if you do this thing, like you're going to be awesome. Like I promise, um, in, in other areas, you know, and you're going to, you know, feel better about yourself. Um, yeah, I wonder like, well, you had, what were you going to say about athletic identity? Cause I, we, we moved past that and I, and I, yeah, cause that's something that I'm, I'm always stoked to talk about. Cause it's something that I, again, I think about like more than I, I should probably, but yeah. What, what were we going to say about that? I was just curious about it. Cause it's not language that I use and I'm, I want to kind of, and I don't know how often you speak of that on this platform, but I would love to kind of get an idea of an example of that, like using yourself as an example or some of the athletes who you coach, like what does that mean? Like, is it as simple as being like accepting that you are an athlete as you are training for something or is there different identities that can emerge as you train? Like, what does that actually look like? Yeah, it is something that I talk about a lot. I talk about it a lot on this podcast. Um, mostly because I, again, I think it's a fundamental kind of foundational component that so often gets skipped over, right? We, we get to the, as coaches, as athletes, we get to the, to the work, to the task of, of training, right. Quote unquote, we, you know, we write workouts, we get, and then we just like, we just assume that we have the tools in place to be able to navigate all of the things that, 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 that requires, right. It requires obviously physical effort. It also requires mental effort. It requires compartmentalization. It requires, you know, moving through different challenges in life and kind of compartmentalizing your training in relation to your other responsibilities, right? It's very, very nuanced. And so I think just like getting to that thing without talking about this athletic identity is, um, is a real missed opportunity, you know, and I, and I don't necessarily think that it always sets, uh, athletes up for success. Now, some athletes are just bomb proof and maybe they can cruise on through, but I think most of us, myself included, like we all can be a little fragile, right? So it's nice to make sure you're kind of rooted in something solid. Right. So specific, to, <laughs> uh, specific to athletic identity, one of the kind of the starting place for me is making sure to identify and kind of define what an athlete is. I think that's the first place that people get derailed is that they don't literally identify themselves as athletes because they've decided or they've been told that an athlete is X, right? They, they've been told an athlete looks like something they have to do a certain amount of things or, you know, run or ride or whatever, a certain distance. And, you know, an athlete, um, is, 
you know, and I, I think you and I have talked about this, but my, the, the definition that I use is anyone who moves their body intentionally. So again, tying back to that, like intentionality piece, if you, if you actively and intentionally make time for movement, that's what being an athlete is, right? Like that's training. You're saying, okay, it's, you know, it's Monday. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take 30 minutes out of my day and I, I don't care how long it is. And I got to make time for movement. Well, that's what athletes do. Right. Um, and that's, you know, if you're just, you know, kind of cruising around and, you know, accidentally you go for a walk or you decide to, that that's the distinction, right? So it's, there's an intentionality piece. So I think that's where it starts um, is, is like making sure that people understand that athletes are, are look a, a lot different, right. And that there's no like, you know, one thing. And I think we've gotten derailed a, a lot of times as coaches, right? So many athletes think that all coaches do is work with, with Olympians. Right. And of course, like that's not the case, right? I mean, athletes come in lots of different uh, forms. And so I think knowing that like, if you're intentional, about intentional about your movement, you deserve to have a relationship with a coach that can help you identify um, how to best pursue your goals, right? And you don't have to be an Olympian um, or elite or whatever you want to call it. And then the next level kind of step, once you identify that kind of root of, of what an athlete is, is to say, um, okay, well, let's talk about where, where you're deriving your, and again, you know, we use words like, maybe this is not a good idea, but you know, oftentimes it does come like, where do you get your motivation from? Right. What's kind of, but we, talk about it in a way that's um, very long-term, right? So we say, okay, let's, let's take the next several years. W- what do we want to accomplish? And they can't be, that, those accomplishments can't be solely rooted in outcome-based goals, right? So again, it can't be, well, I got four races on the counter next year and I want a podium at all of them. Okay, we can start there, but, but, if and when that doesn't happen, because racing is very dynamic and we have no idea how the body's going to adapt and we have no idea what the next year brings. All right. What's going to happen what, on race day? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, is it going to be crappy weather? Is it going to be too hot? Are you going to get, you know, I mean, fall down. We've all, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've been there, like you're super prepared and then it doesn't go as planned. Right. Like so often, um, literally by definition, outcome-based goals are things we have no control over. Um, so, so we got to step back, right? So you have, you know, if we look at like, um, uh, like the psychology of, uh, of defining goals, there's three stages. You got process, performance, and outcome, right? Outcome is the mm-hmm. last thing, right? That's right. what we don't have any control over. You got, so then let's talk, right. So let's, so we got to be rooted in, in process and performance. Um, and that's really where, that athletic identity lies, right? That's where we say, okay, this is the reason, just like you said, like, because you got your fiance, it makes you a better provider, which makes you, you know, able to, to think about building the family. Or you can see like when you're rooted in that identity, you're able to really extrapolate the value that being an athlete brings to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just say like, I, I want to, you know, have a kick-ass race season, there's no value outside of that, outside of that goal. It doesn't mean anything. Right. And 
that's where people get derailed and where I hope to help folks navigate that, right? Is to say like, okay, no, I hear you. Like, let's, let's be good at it, right? I'm all about training hard. Like, let's be, but let's also assume that things aren't going to go as planned. Um, and let's talk about how we um, make sure that you kind of weather that storm or navigate those highs and lows. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's like, I'm, I want to, I lead with, I mean, you know, in any conversation, like I want to lead with that, you know, I don't mm-hmm. really want to talk about what your race is until down the road, right? There's a lot of work we got to do before we start talking about race specificity. Um, and, and that's the work that matters, right. Or, you know, foundationally, not that race prep does, isn't important, but, um, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, it's something that I'm like, um, again, I just, no one ever talked to me about that. Right. When I was in that, like, it was just like train super hard and, right. <laughs> you know, I was racing bikes and I was like, and I, you know, and luckily I was kind of young enough where it didn't really matter. I was just like, okay, fine. I'll race bikes. And, but man, you know, as you get older and as you life gets a little more complicated, you, you got to figure out like, why the hell you're doing any of this stuff, right? Like it's, it's, it, it takes time and it takes, you know, a concerted effort. And, um, and so, yeah, I wish like somebody, you know, a long time ago would have been like, okay, I hear you. Like winter races is good, but let's talk about like why you're going to be an athlete, you know, 20 years from now. Um, I had to back myself into that. You know, it took me a long time to figure that out. Um, yeah. That's like, yeah. that's actually the, re- like when I think about why I've kind of gone down this route in terms of a career, um, I can honestly say that it's because I never had coaching that provided this, that did have these conversations mm. with me. It's never, I've never experienced this and I think it is so valuable that it needs to be on the forefront of what coaching actually is. Yeah. And like, you know, I had a division one college coach and I talked about this stuff zero times, <laughs> zero times. Right. Like why is this right. important to me? How to get actual buy-in. It was just like, put up or shut up, go out and run this hard. And if like, and just hopefully you bring it on race day. And you know, that's what the guy who gets like paid full time to, to do this stuff. And they're just kind of focusing on workouts and, and does the science behind it, which isn't coaching. <laughs> um, right. and this is something when I start having these conversations, because, you know, when people come in and, and begin the coaching process with me, it is very much the, the idea of why they wanted to get started was, was to reach that potential that they had was to kind of maximize things. They want to get faster, right? Like flat out. Mm-hmm. But so when we start to have these conversations, sometimes people are like, Oh, cool. Like this is extremely valuable. Let's, let's dive into this. And I'm, and they're an open book and they're ready to, to explore these things. And sometimes it seems to catch athletes off guard. Like, Oh, I didn't know we were going to be talking about this. I thought we were going to be talking about race results. Uh, so it takes a little bit of finagling to kind of work in into that and a little bit of, not necessarily pressure, but I, I guess some light pressure and con, and consistent messaging to really get them to kind of think about this thing. Do you, do you find that with some of the athletes that you coach or just athletes in general that they're, that it's kind of a, a closed off and how do you, how do you suggest an athlete who isn't necessarily thinking about this because everybody has the answers, right? It's, it's 
we're not giving them answers. We're not telling them what their motivation, quote unquote, should be or why they should be out there doing it. Like they have it. So they need to get it out. <laughs> like, how do you, how do you go about doing that? Um, I, I, I mean, you're hundred percent right. I, I, it does catch people off guard. And I, and when you, um, like, like, you know, like I do, or, you know, my entire team does when you lead with these questions, it's definitely not commonplace, you know, because Mm -hmm. I think that as, as like, I don't know, you know, however you want to describe, like, uh, you know, as an industry, as a, you know, whatever, you know, however you want to kind of contextualize, you know, endurance sports, races, coaches, training, athletes, everybody involved. I think over the years we have like, to your point, I mean, we, we've approached it very much like your D one coach did, you know, and, and like the coaches I had, it was just like, do the work, right. I mean, just be, be better. And you're like, well, well, why? (laughs) Like, okay. I mean, yeah, I want to be better. I want to be faster, but like, but, but, but why? And then what's my, what's my toolbox, right? Like other than just hard work, like what tools do I need to, to build and implement and have it the ready in all of these phases of, of training, right. And being an athlete, like it's very different on race day than, you know, six o'clock in the morning during a, you know, a tempo run or whatever. Um, so I think that's been a little bit of a disservice, right. Uh, like from, uh, from kind of all of us involved is to, to lead with some of these things that, don't necessarily set athletes up for long-term success, right? We've, we've told them like, Hey, here's your, you know, here's your race schedule. Okay. We're going to backdate from that. We're going to use linear periodization uh, and we're going to prep for 24 weeks. And then that boom, boom, boom. And all right, I'll see you next year. Right. Like that's, that's a really um, dumbed down version of what it means to be an athlete. Right. That is not the full, um, not the full experience. Um, and I think that's really what I want to get at is like provide people that full experience, the, the, the real kind of joy of identifying as an athlete and seeing that through and seeing that kind of manifest itself in other parts of their life. And that's why, yeah, leading with these questions. And again, to your point, like it is awkward, right? People are like, you're like, Hey, tell me like, um, how would you, you know, define your expectations for uh, yourself as an athlete? And they're like, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I just, I, I got a race in 12 weeks. You're like, yeah, okay. But like, let's start here. And they're like, I don't, I don't understand the question. Um, it, it's, it's not something we've been asked to do as athletes. I certainly didn't do it for a long, long time. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, but I think that there's, I think there's real value in, in kind of leading with that, right. In leading with some of these, um, you know, I don't know what, what softer skills. I don't, you know, it's hard to like kind of qualify what these really are, but these questions that really get to like the root of what we're trying to accomplish as, uh, as athletes. Um, what are, what are your, like, so when an athlete, you know, or, or whoever you're talking to is like, um, you know, very kind of traditionally, you know, in this kind of periodization mode and they're like, okay, you know, 12 weeks and that's what I want to do. What's your, what's your like kind of tools to to say, you know, 
because we still want to get them to race day. I mean, I think that's the real like juxtaposition, right? I'm not saying that races aren't, aren't like yeah, important right. or, has, or that they don't have value. I'm just saying that that can't be the only thing. So like, how do you blend this kind of very, you know, fitness is important and yeah, we want to, you know, if and when races happen or whatever, you know, that's, that's, a, that's fine. We can have those. So what's that conversation? Like, what are those tools look like for you that you kind of help an athlete navigate and kind of contextualize all these pieces, you know, they got their ideas, but then you're bringing a bunch of ideas too that are, you know, a little bit more deeper. Um, what, what's that look like for you? Yeah. Cause that's, a, that's such a hard, it's, I honestly don't like it very much. Athletes are like, how many miles a week do you think I need to run to run 245? I'm like, I don't know. It's like, how, how many hours should I need, do I need to do to do this? And that I'm sure in, in your world, at least in the triathlon world, people are like, this many hours will get this many results, but like, it's such, it's, it, it, it's just hollow. It's like how you mentioned before, if you, you train for results, like you're not getting that full experience. And I sometimes am bummed out for people who skip the training and just show up on race day and then collect their medal. It's like, that's, you missed it. You missed all of it. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what, like congrats, like that you could put your, put your mental fortitude and push through something, something that's really hard. There's definitely value in that, but like, the process is it. That's where you're going to learn all, all of the, all these things. And to your question, one thing that I do like to have people do when they get started and, and we start having these conversations is to have some sort of active reflection and often in, in the form of journaling, right. Is just, mm-hmm. and not even necessarily, cause when I mention a journal, oftentimes the athletes like, Oh cool. Yeah. Can I use training peaks? And I'm like, well, sure. You can use training peaks as like, the nuts and bolts for how you felt for that workout. But I'm more interested in how in, in you working out how the process of this commitment is, it feels and like what you're feeling like during training more on the softer side of things, more like mentally and how your attitude feels rather than how your legs feel or how you're physically feeling. Um, and I want people to reflect upon that, piece of the commitment and the intentionality so that they, so that it, they, they can realize the changes that are happening that are positive and the things that they might not have felt. And if you could just have it, even just like a brain dump, I don't, I, I don't even read it. And that's another part for it. It's like, this is, this is ultimately for you. Like, again, I don't have these answers. These answers are within you. So if you could take them with a pen and just like put it on paper and just like write, even if it's like nonsensical, just start writing how you're feeling and something's going to come up. So I really do like to encourage that and making sure that they're doing it on their own terms. Because like you said, this is part of becoming a lifelong en- endeavor and chances are they're not going to work with you or I for 30 or 40 years, <laughs> you know, like they're going right. to have to take this up, take the reins on for themselves at some point. And like, that's the part of this that, uh, where like the journaling process and the journaling habit can really be helpful for an athlete to, I uh, uncover these type of, uh, softer benefits that they might be getting. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. You bring up a good, I heard this, uh, I forget where I heard it. Um, I would give them credit if I could remember it was years ago, but I, uh, I, I heard a great quote one time, which was, um, if you, if we do our jobs as coaches, uh, the athlete won't need to work with us. Like we right. should, <laughs> if, we, if we're really paying attention, if we're really building that athlete 
to be the best version of themselves mentally, physically, so on, we work ourselves out of a job. And that's when we know we've done it right. Like if that athlete sticks with you, and I'm not like, I certainly like, I value, you know, long-term multi, multi-season relationships with athletes, but eventually oh. they should not, they should not need, right. If they cling to a coach, you haven't, as a coach, you haven't done your job. Now that could last, you know, I could last 10 years. I could last, I mean, you know, there's value in really building that relationship, but at some point you have the tools you need, um, to get that job done. And you know, yeah, I thought that was great. I was like, Oh yeah, that is true. Like you should really always be actively working yourself out of a job. Um, which is, you know, great. And also, you know, super depressing if you do. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it was, but, it was yeah. very much, um, it's very much like that when I was working in person as a personal trainer is like the same thing, right? It's like when it's people come in with lifestyle goals or fat loss goals, it's like, I don't want you to have to come here all the time for forever. Like, let's see if we can give you the tools to just implement this on your own. And so you can kind of figure it out, figure this out and live healthy. I mean, endurance training, it's not the same as a lifestyle, uh, weight loss goal or whatever, but it's all the same, same thing about like a therapist would kind of be the same way. You know, it's like, we right. want you to be able to take care of this on your own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I want to go, you mentioned the journal journaling piece, which I, which I think is awesome. And, and it plays on a lot of what we're talking. I'm curious what, like, what's your, um, what's your, I guess like interest maybe is the best way to put it. it maybe not, but maybe I'll get my point across. What's your interest in, like the data side of things versus these, you know, kind of soft or qualitative, um, components of training. Like as you, as you kind of have grown and matured as a coach or continue to lean into what it really takes to, to set an athlete up for success, like how are you, what's your interest level or how are you balancing, you know, the, the essentially, I guess the data or the metrics that an athlete provides for you on like the number side and then the qualitative side. Yeah. I've become increasingly frustrated with data and metrics. And for me as a coach, it's definitely helpful to see actual, to, to just to ensure like progress is happening from a physical perspective, right? There's these tools exist to show, to give us more or less peace of mind and to create predictable results, which is awesome because like I said, we're in it to make sure that, these athletes are getting faster. I mean, that's why they came to us in the first place. So, I mean, you know, the byproduct of all of these things that we've kind of talked about should lead to better results. And like the physical part is important, but just the, 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 the grip that these things have taken on the athletes that I coach can be, and even the people that I don't coach just, just from general observation from people not being able to separate themselves from the, the, splits from Garmin and then from Garmin to Strava and how Strava like puts everything. It's just, I just get really annoyed with it. <laughs> like I wish it would kind of take a step back and just kind of be even more simple than what it has become. So I don't try to put too much weight on it. The only time I will is to, if there is an athlete who is numbers driven and then there's, you know, we have all that data. We have these things that can show to give people, give the athlete the trust that they need to perform well and that their efforts are pushing them forward in the direction where they want to go. And that's again, just more on the individual side for the athletes so that they do have that trust and they do have that confidence to, to move forward. So 
the so I would much rather talk about like their why and their connection of their why to someone else and how they felt during the race. And that's a lot of times how the conversation I have when I, whenever an athlete kind of has a race, right. And they have a, a time goal and maybe they're at or around it or they're below it. I try really hard to hide my initial reaction to what I feel is appropriate for like a response for their time or for their place. And I want to see how they feel about it first, because sometimes they will be downtrodden about something where I thought was positive. And there might be a different reason behind it. It, it might be effort-based, like they, they may have made mistakes or they felt like they left something on the table. And these are things that I need to know as a coach so that we, work, we can work on things that aren't just... Uh, 400 meter splits or, you know, changing their paces. And we can talk about the the effort based of, of a race and, and, and what kind of goals they should have going into a race that are not time and place. So even as simple as something as time, I'm starting to value much less. And I really want to get an idea of how the athlete is feeling about their effort and about how that pertains back to their ultimate goals. And that was a conversation that I had with an athlete who is um, really on the verge of making huge leaps in, in, his, in his performance field. And he found himself, he has a very strong why behind why he's out there doing it. And it's connected to somebody else. It's perfect. It's like, wow, this guy is right on it. He has everything in place of what, we, what we've been talking about, basically this entire conversation. And he was in this race and he was doing so well. And he started thinking about how well he was doing. And then he started to do less well. <laughs> he like made a huge oh, mistake. No. Yeah. He made like yeah. this, this, this terrible mistake and, and it, it kind of shot his race. And he was like, man, I felt awesome up until this point. And then like things kind of melted down and it, and it was clear that he started to think about the extrinsic motivation and like with a place he was going to come in and, and the implications of what he was doing versus his ultimate goal and why he was out there doing it. And it was just like this polarizing results of, of this exact conversation. It's like, wow, this is like, if you do even tilt off a little bit, it can have physical ramifications. So, so I don't really care about the metrics that much (laughs) to kind of bring it back. Yeah. No, uh, it's good to hear, you know, I've said, um, you know, one of my, (laughs) One of my like favorite things as I, you know, get older and, you know, kind of hone my craft is to, is to like realize that I was wrong. Right. (laughs) You know, like to look back, like look back and be like, oh, that was that thing that I used to like be very vocal about is probably not the thing that I should know. It's like, it's good for growth, but it's the worst to realize. You're like, oh man, (laughs) people that probably think I'm an idiot. yeah, like how many people did I, you know, get on that bandwagon? And 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 that is one of those things. Like I, I mean, I have been and, and still like from the science perspective, like really value that data. But but I, you know, there was a time in my coaching career where like that was, you know, and I was that way personally, right? Like I was an early adopter of all the things that you need, you know, the Garmin pods and the little in the power meters and all the, and it's it's useful, but it it's not the whole story. And I think I'm, I'm right there with you. Like what I, what I care about most as I continue to work with athletes and to continue to think about, um, you know, athletes 
you know, a coach's value to an athlete um, is not the data, right? Like you said, I mean, it helps to kind of, you know, exist for peace of mind and it helps to quantify uh, an athlete's trajectory and progress and, you know, and, and kind of compartmentalize fitness in a way that's easy to digest. But, but yeah, how did it feel? Right. And then like, let's not get, get so caught up in those metrics that we forget to, we, 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 you know, we forget to know how to, how to just like, you know, do a workout. Right. Or just like, we don't, we, we don't even know how it feels. Right. We're like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. I did, you know, X of my watch or my pace. Um, it does bring up, do you think that there, we were talking about those conversations, right? Like when you lead with some of these softer skills and some of these, these like deeper questions, do you think that the data component has made those conversations harder? Like, is there, is it connected there where, where like, because an athlete is so reliant on these tools that it's made it harder to have these deeper conversations and to tap into some of these, these more like kind of fundamental pieces of their athletic identity. I feel like it just derails things and there's like this precursor conversation that needs to happen even before we can get into it because of the data and the confusion that seems to emerge from it. And one thing that I've been bitching about lately, there's been this uh, online fitness competition that I've been taking part in. A lot of athletes who I'm coaching are doing as well. And there is the first event was a mile on the track, like had to be on the track and the confusion this caused people was just it blew my mind it was because the the gp the gps doesn't work that well on a track right, right like right. it just doesn't work so people like will stop before four laps and like they'll yeah. get confused they'll be like well my 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 strava said i ran 530 it's like well how, how what were your four laps it was like oh like 545 it's like well like there's a re there's a reality and then there is a like virtual metric, like false reality. Like you can't, and, and you can't get separated from those things. Like you yeah. can't rely on, like, like it's not wrong guys. I probably like 400 meters is always 400 meters. <laughs> always um, 400 meters. hundred yeah. percent always. That's so, fascinating. I, wow. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. And I've taken that for granted. Right. So like before I can really even kind of dive into these conversations about how they felt and, and different, points about their effort it's almost like i have to talk about why strava and garmin are incorrect and like i need to pull them back down into things like well yes well how was the effort how did it feel during like the whole piece like this aside so it just it just has confused things considerably so i lest lest we forget that like you know that's a satellite tracking us from versus actually being on the ground running on a track that is an exact measurement you know like we we we've gotten so linked that we like you know it's technology it's not perfect right like it's a very kind of obtuse idea that you have this watch that can track you perfectly from space you know like when you think about it you're like i can't even believe it fucking works at all you know (laughs) Uh, exactly i just don't think it's that good yet and people want it to be awesome i think things like the our phones that are just these mega computers in our pockets are just like everybody just trusts every piece of technology but like they're these watches and technology we have now they're more like 
a phone we had in like the late nineties, like a Nokia phone with snake. And like, that was cool then, but it wasn't that good. <laughs> like, I kind of think that's where we are and people can't have a tough time separating from it. And, and so it's frustrating on that end to have to have that conversation about things that can be ultimately demoralizing for an athlete because like, well, this data that you were presented with might be incorrect. So like, let's talk about that first. So first, like I had a rain on their parade and then, then we got to talk about the effort after all of that. So like in that case, it has made it a little bit more difficult to really get to the crux of the conversation. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know. Like it's, it's just this double-edged sword that just makes, it just makes it hard. Um, but like ultimately, like if the relationship is there and we can kind of remove past that and, and that, the that there is this presence of why they're doing it and what a, a, a positive outcome of a goal feels like and what it feels like, not necessarily what it looks like is important to kind of lay that groundwork. So like asking somebody, kind of giving them the precursor going into it's like, what would this feel like if this was successful? Like, how would you feel after a successful effort? And if it's a time, like, to, okay, well, what if it's not that time? Like, and then just as they lead into something, just having that kind of conversation to keep it on their mind, it's like, there are multiple ways to have success in these. And it's not always the data that you're, you're given after the effort. So I think the precursor helps again, just so I can have to have this conversation about like not it not being correct. Um, I think that kind of helps and that's what I've seen. Have you, have you felt similar about the data? Yeah, for sure. I, uh, you know, I, I, the more, more and more, and I, you know, I, I mean, I've said the, you know, this kind of even in our conversations, like it's, it's about, it's about having a toolbox, right? It, mm. So, so data metrics, you know, or the derivatives of that data, which are these, you know, numbers, algorithms, and things, it's a tool. Yeah. The, the, the only way a tool is useful is if you know how to apply it, right? You don't use a wrench to nail in a nail, right? You got to know what tool to use. And then you have to know the correct application of that tool. And you don't use that tool all the time, right? You don't always need a hammer. You don't always need a And it's the same thing. Like, you don't always need data. Now, is it, do I want to have it? Sure. Do I like to look at it? Yeah. Do I, do I look at it, you know, and make, make, um, uh, inferences about the progress that an athlete makes on a daily basis based solely on the data? No, that's, that's not the whole story, right? That's not the whole picture. And I think you're dead on and I couldn't agree more. Like there are goals outside of, whatever the data says. I don't even care if it's a, I mean, you said it like, I don't even care if it's a time goal, right? Like, okay, maybe time isn't even, you know, that might not be the best indicator of success. It could be all these other things like, you know, proper race day execution, nutrition, pacing, your mental mindset, you know, how you handled stress before an event or a big goal. Um, How'd you sleep the night before? How are you able to recover? You know, all these things that like wreak havoc on athletes, maybe we can check some of those boxes, right? And maybe it's building those skill sets that lead eventually to a time that we're stoked about maybe, but like that doesn't have to be the thing that, that leads the conversation or the thing that defines success, you know? And, 
we see this a lot with, um, you know, I come from a cycling background predominantly as a, as an athlete and spent a lot of my coaching career working with, with, um, with cyclists and, you know, functional threshold power, right. FTP yeah. is just, like, it's a, that peep. I mean, whatever articles came out, you know, over the, like, that's all people care about. Right. I feel, like, ba- I feel bad for, for you having to deal with that metric. <laughs> that would just be. It's, I mean, you know, is it, is it, is it nice to have? Sure. I mean, FTP is important contextually, right. In, in, in what, you know, in what zone and what, what are we trying to, I mean, there's all these layers that we need to think about FTP through and that, you know, and athletes will come to coaches and say, I want my FTP to be 310 watts, right? They'll like name their, I'm like, that's ludicrous. Why? why? For one. Well, yeah. Where'd you see that? <laughs> yeah. Like physiology, like, I don't know. We have no way, you know, and that it really messes with, Athletes have a really hard time, hopefully not the athletes that we work with, because hopefully we're doing a better job of like contextualizing these things. But certainly there are, I've talked to many, many athletes over the years, you know, that, that have a really hard time with like, you know, my response is, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what your FTP is, you know? Uh, and they're like, well, you think I can get there? No clue. I don't know. And I'm not even really going to try. Like I'm going to try to maximize your potential. If that means that a byproduct that byproduct of that is a higher FTP rock and roll. But if your FTP is 250, but you're super strong and you have a toolbox full of things that make you a good athlete and make you a good racer or make you a good, whatever we want you to be like that, that's the thing we need to, to do. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I get, I'm like you, I'm like <laughs> more and more, <clears throat> I, I like it, you know, and it's good too. It does provide a common language when you work, you know, all specific to like my coaching business, all of our athletes are remote in dozens and dozens of different countries around the world. That's a nice language to share, right? We can say, Hey, this is, this is kind of how we can contextualize intensity. It shows, uh, it, it shows completion. It shows, you know, how the prescription and the execution line up um but then after we kind of check a few of those boxes i'm like you yeah, i'm like okay how'd it feel right and then and then even like maybe more importantly like how'd you feel today in general right like i also want to balance just like life stress and like how are you sleeping like how's your you know are you eating dinner in a normal time like you know are you you know what what's going on just are we balancing things in a way where this this adds value to your life um, and if the answer is no, then we got to back up, right? Like we also can't just like charge forward at all costs, um, and be like, well, we're building fitness, screw everything else. Like that's a, that, that's what said, that's that short-term mentality, right? That's that 12 week mentality. That's that like, you know, periodization mentality where you're just like, all right, well, all I got to do is be an athlete for 16 weeks and then I can, uh, and then I can move on with my life. Um, that's a, that's a sad state of affairs, right? I, I, I genuinely hope that I don't, you know, I can give athletes the tools to not encourage, uh, that behavior. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, um, yeah, I always feel like I, and you might, um, I always feel like conversations that I, that I have, uh, through this platform are always like on the verge of pissing a lot of people off. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, like, so I, I, I want to apologize in advance if you get like a bunch of hate mail for because <laughs> I, you know, you, uh, you, we end up talking about. I really want to try to get to these like things because it's really what I'm like passionate about and interested in. Are these things that that are you know harder and more challenging to like navigate and it's easy just to say like, Oh, my metrics are this, right? Like that's, that's X, Y, and Z and it's clear cut. And it's a much harder thing to kind of butt up against some of these things that might actually be very challenging for you to lean into. Right. Like, you know, mentally, emotionally, like where you find your drive and, um, yeah. Um, cool. Rich, man, this is awesome. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Any, uh, any, any parting words, words of wisdom for uh, for all of our people that are now mad at us for uh, <laughs> for for telling them uh, what they need to focus on? Yeah, throw, throw, throw the watch away. That's something I've been thinking about too. Is like recently, is that just even like time in general? If you want to be extremely abstract about it, it's like that. Like you could go and you could create this physical response that you're having, and like it would have nothing to do with time. Like time might not even need to exist or it doesn't like it was ultimately created at some point. So like to even focus on that at all, like we might not, it's almost like a luxury. It's not even something that we necessarily need to have. And it's just been kind of like running through my brain, how people kind of like, you know, there's time barriers that people bump up against too, or, or, you know, for you, for the FTP uh, stuff is just like how much people get worked up about these numbers. And like, they might as well not even be real, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah just, well, all it is is about, training stress, right? Like I've, I've said it, you know, as I'm sure you, you know, it's like your body doesn't know what any of these things are. No right? idea. Your body, doesn't, your body doesn't care about what doesn't care about FTP or doesn't care. Your body doesn't know what a mile is, right. Or a kilometer or what your body cares about, uh, staying alive. <laughs> yeah. And like, a, and like a stress rest response, right? Like the, all your body's trying to do, like to your point is stay alive and balance how much stress you have it under with the appropriate amount of rest to keep you alive. And so that's all. Yeah. So like, I, I man, that's really cool. You said that. Cause I, I think about that all the time. Like, and I've done that. Some I've experimented like with my own training is just like, because I have spent a lot of time trying to really tap into like just how I feel, you know, and training on, on feel, um, even though I might record the thing, I, I like just look at it, you know, I kind of, I'm just in my head when I'm doing the thing and I'm like, and I just try to like, I don't, it's really hard to quantify, but I've tried to work out like up to a certain level of stress based on how I'm feeling. And then I've looked at the data to see, like, kind of try to cross reference those things. Right. And like, it's been, I think you're, I think you're dead on. Like, I think if you're really intuitive about it, you could just say, I'm just going to go provide an optimal, optimal amount of stress for my body today, given this particular discipline, right? I'm going to strength train. I'm going to run, I'm going to ride my bike, whatever. And, and however long that lasts and how long it lasts, right? I'm going to really to my body that might require like an extended warm up. Um, and it might require me to ease into whatever level of intensity, you know, whatever it is, whatever the little pieces and parts are. And when that thing runs its course and you feel like you've stressed adequately, wrap it up and that's it. Um, you know, and I, yeah, I think there's, I mean, that's a, like, that's a whole other level, but I think that there's real, I think you're spot on. I think you could 
really tap into that and say like, this is what my body needs today. And I'm just going to listen and I'm going to be done with exercise. Right. I'm not going to do more or less than, than what just feels, you know, right. 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 I don't know. I'll and then when you get to that, that, yeah, when you get to that point in a workout, it's like, okay, I'm here now. Let's see how long I could feel like this before I start to feel any different. Like if I start to feel better, it's like, okay, I'm out of it. If I start to feel worse, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm too far. Like, this is where I need to be. Let's just see like leaning into that feeling and just like letting it take you, you know, is a really more, I found it'd be much more productive way to train as opposed to be like, all right, I'm at five 30 sit here and hope it doesn't hurt that bad. Where it's like, well get, if you can embrace that feeling and just like, let it happen. It's much less, it's, it's way less scary. It's, it's much easier to take on and to, and to, handle and supposed to be like, Oh my God, I'm dying. It's like, no, this is just a feeling of stimulus in which you're now in. <laughs> it's just like your reality right now, no matter what the time, yeah. no matter how long it's been, no matter what pace you are, whatever time that says, it's just like, all right, I'm here. And this was the point. And this is, I'm going to see how long I can do this and feel this way. Yeah. Yeah. If you go into a workout with a particular like time and intensity in mind, you could, you can shortchange yourself, right? Like, like you said, like, instead of just being in that moment and kind of, maybe you're not as tired as you thought you were going to be. So you maybe, maybe that interval or, you know, that split or that, what maybe it lasts 30 minutes longer, you know, or 30 seconds yeah. longer or, you know, a minute or two, whatever, and, you know, maybe that is the appropriate stimulus for that day based on your body. I've noticed that we're like, I've, I've done like a structured workout, you know, and I finished the interval or finished the whatever. And I was like, huh. I was like, I definitely could have like, I definitely short, you know, I, I had, I done that on feel, I would have done more. Right. Um, now of course the inverse can exist too, where you need to shut it down. Um, but yeah, I, man, I, yeah, I think you're spot on. And I, you know, and I think that there's, opportunities now while that's like a very like kind of existential idea you know thing to think about uh if you're like nerding out on endurance sports like me and you obviously are all the time um but i think there's ways to infuse those ideas into like a structured training plan right like that's what i'm aiming for is like how do we how do we you know walk that line and and provide opportunities to to let an athlete like tap into those pieces Right. <laughs> while, while, while also like not just being like, okay, Hey, just do it on your own. Right. right. Um, <laughs> that, could also, that could also go sideways. Like I'm also, I want to be, you know, I think you would admit like, you know, you gotta be really into it. Like I don't do that every day. I like to experiment. There's time. I did that yesterday where I was like, I had a workout kind of in mind on my schedule and I started going and I felt really shitty at the start. And so I did an extended warm up. I was like, all right, I was like, all right, I'm going to see if I like, I can use it, you know. And then I actually started to feel, and I ended up do, going longer than I planned. It was a bike ride. And because um, I like, my body clearly responded. I was like, oh, this is like at, at, a, at a very certain level of intensity, right? It was very clear, like I didn't need to go super hard. But like at that intensity, I was like, oh, this is like exactly what I need right now. Um, but you can't do that, you know. You can get, get derailed. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I don't know. Do you like, do you think that there's like some sort of blended version, right? Maybe is what we're, what we're advocating. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, 
whenever I tell, have like perceived exertion workouts, like usually it comes with quite the explanation. And sometimes it's like, well, what pace do you want me to run? And it's like, um, well, here, here, here again is, is the explanation, but the, the kind of examples that you just laid out, like now is the perfect time for trying stuff like that, where there is not any type of benchmark or, or goal you need to get to in order to keep pushing forward so that you have your race. Like you don't have a race coming up. So like you can go out and just kind of play around with this type of thing to see if you can get, cause like the, the kind of things we're talking about is definitely on the more advanced end. And I don't think I would, I think it would be helpful for beginners to, to, as they're learning about endurance sports to have this in their, in their toolbox. But there's definitely a level of, of athlete who, who has not learn has needs to kind of undo some of the learning that they've done with all of this metrics metrics based working out. Um, but now's a perfect time. Now's perfect. If you, if you want to be open-minded, if you want to advance yourself as an endurance athlete, because it is more than just pace and time. And like, it is mostly effort. Now's a good time to do that because like, there's no reason not to, (laughs) you have no, nothing coming up. So like going out and trying those things, like, let me just go, push it for a little bit and see where, and just feel what happens and see what's going on and just race without a watch or going off effort and just feeling it out. So I think now is a good time to put that in place. Um, when races do start up, it becomes a little bit more complicated because you are on stricter timelines, but you know, that's another, that's another thing to, to help with this time, like how we, to circle things back to the beginning. It's like to handle motivation. It's like, just use it as a way to experiment and try to, become a better, more advanced athlete. Yeah, for sure. I, I've said the exact same thing. I, you, I mean, yeah, we're on the same page. I was like, Hey, like now's a great time to just like hone your skills as an athlete, like, like know yourself, know, know how your body responds under certain training, uh, you know, stimulus. And, and then you can use that to layer that into what you take into a race day scenario when that happens again. You know, but yeah, like you don't have the luxury of, of, you know, kind of quote unquote playing around when you do have, I mean, you're right. You do have a timeline, right? You do have more structure if you're staring on the barrel of a, of a race schedule, um, or a race calendar. If you don't have those things, like, I think it's a great luxury, you know, and I've been doing a lot of that with my athletes. And, um, our coaches have been doing that with our team. Like, let's just like, let's build our toolbox. Right. Cause like, we don't usually necessarily have the time or energy to do that right we want to make get the most out of the time that our athletes have and so you know these kind of more playful workouts you're just like i don't know see how it feels like you might not want to burn that match you know if, if you got like you know if you got three three days of training you can realistically do um before you know uh building up to a race but you know in this time period you can can really play around um cool well i think we've uh, i think we've 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 done enough to uh, to blow people's minds with our existential uh, coaching philosophies. Be <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to run faster five k, man. I could just... be more, uh, more what pace do I got to run for a five k? Um, <laughs> yeah, about uh, some of the stuff we we got into. Um, so uh, yeah, thanks, Rich. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for being on the show, and uh, I wish you all the best.